0: listening to the rainmaking podcast hosted by high stakes headhunter author and professional speaker Scott Love This is the Rainmaking podcast and my name is Scott Love your host thanks for joining me today Now, I know that you're a high achiever. You've got a lot going on. You're always on the go. And you know what? Sometimes you feel like you got to slow down. But what do you do? How do you deal with stress? How do you deal with the feelings of being overwhelmed? And what do you do when you feel the weight of the world On your shoulders? Well, we're going to get the answers to those questions today with our guest, Carrie Schwer. Carrie Schwer is an executive coach. She's a speaker and a corporate trainer. She's the author of the book, The Successful Mind Tools for Living a Purposeful, Productive, and Happy Life. This is a program I think you're going to get some great ideas that are really going to help you, not just professionally, but also personally. So, our topic today with Carrie Schwer is how to deal with stress, overwhelm, and the weight of the world. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. I hope you enjoy today's show. Hey, this is Scott Love. We got our guest today, Carrie Schwer, joining us on the Rainmaking podcast. Our topic is how to deal with stress, overwhelm, and the weight of the world. Carrie, thanks for joining me on the show.
1: Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about this and how I might be able to help your listeners.
0: Absolutely, because this is something that I know our listeners have to deal with, because as you know, our listeners are high achievers. They're the alphas in every sense of the way that they can be, and they're rain-making, they're making things happen, and as a result, they feel stressed, they feel overwhelmed, and they feel the way to the world. And so kind of help me get some working definitions in terms of stress, in terms of the weight of the world, what does that mean? And how do we know when we're starting to feel that?
1: Yeah, thank you. That's such a good question. And very common for high performers and high achievers. And that's primarily who I work with, because you know, they look at their world and they think, Wow, you know, I have I have the success. Yeah. I've earned my degrees, I've earned my career, I'm making good money, I have all the things. I have the house, the kids, the car, the the beautiful wife, all the stuff that you strive for, but right. yet Why do I feel not fulfilled? What is going on inside of me that I feel all this pressure? And how do I deal with my schedule? How do I deal with my emotions? So this is what I'm referring to when I say about the weight of the world. And I call that, Scott, living in the gray. When we have these gray areas, whether it is in our career or our family or it could be with a relationship with a significant other. It could be with your kids. It could be with how you feel about yourself spiritually or your physical health. It could be a Uh number of things.
0: So let me ask you this. You said a couple of things that I wanted to hit on. Is it the issue of these variables themselves that we have to manage, or is it the emotion associated with all these variables? What do you think?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's all about mindset. It's about priorities. You know, a lot of times people say there's just not enough time. I don't have enough time. There's not enough time. Well, that is a limiting belief that we have because it's not a time issue. It is a priority issue. And what we've done is we've allowed so much of our outward world to affect our daily time in our schedule. And when we allow the outside influences to dictate our schedule. Let me break this down to, you know, real life, Mm -hmm. you know, client after client after client on your, on your schedule, knowing you have to go get the kids after school or that you have to be there for a soccer practice and you're just piling one thing after the other. And that leaves no time for you. That lies the problem, the biggest problem, because we, we feel like the more that we do, the busier we are the more successful we become. Mm -hmm. And that is the farthest thing from the truth. We have to learn how to slow down in order to speed back up. And all the very successful leaders and people out there, they don't work five days a week, more than 40, 45 hours a week. They work, they've condensed their schedule down to four days. They might only work six hours a day. They've Mm -hmm. learned how to maximize their time. And there's something called Parkinson's law I don't know if you're familiar with it. And Mm -hmm. Parkinson's law is, you know, if we we give ourselves a week to accomplish something, it's going to take a week. But if we know that we only have an hour or two to accomplish something, we're going to get it done. Sometimes when we are under that, that this is good stress, by the way, when we're under that stress and that pressure of getting something done, we can get it done. So it's about using your time wisely and prioritizing the things that are important to you in your life.
0: That's great. And let me kind of ask you a few questions on this. When you talk about Parkinson's law, I've noticed that if I give myself 40 minutes or four hours to pack and get ready for a trip, it'll take me either (laughs) 40 minutes or four hours. So is that what you're talking about?
1: Yes. That's one thing that I am talking about, but more importantly on top of that is, is what we do with our schedule for ourselves. In other words, what are we doing to pour into us? You know, Carving out the morning, for example, is so key. A lot of times people just allow their their daily schedule to dictate what that's going to look like. So let me break this down to another mm-hmm. example. Sure. If you're getting up at 6 a.m because that's when the kids have to start getting ready for school and that's when you need to get in the shower and that's when you need to start your commute to work. Well, if you got up at 5 am instead an hour earlier and you poured that hour into yourself, meaning you're taking that time to exercise to meditate, to do some breath work, some deep cleansing breaths. You're journaling. You're giving gratitude. You're taking a cold shower. You're doing things that are pouring into you. And by the way, one of the biggest things that we can do that really sets our day up for success is to avoid our phone, avoid the television, avoid the news, avoid anything that is outside influencing To our brains. The reason why the moment we do that, Scott, we give up our power and we give up our control to whatever that is. And that really affects our day. So that is the biggest tip I have to give to anyone is please do not set your alarm on your phone. If you do remember the old days when we had like the alarm clock and we actually had to set the alarm, (laughs) you know, go back to doing that. But if you have to use your phone, then turn it off and do not look at your phone for a minimum of 30 minutes to an hour, an hour is preferred and really take that hour for yourself and pour into you. I promise that that is the, the, biggest thing that you can do that's going to change the trajectory of your day. It's going to lower your stress hormones. It's going to increase your gratitude. It's also going to help you get through your day emotionally as well. You're not going to be so reactionary when things happen that aren't in your favor.
0: Interesting. So let me ask you this. You mentioned good stress. What's the difference between good stress and bad stress? How would you define that? And, and how do we identify that in our lives?
1: Yeah, well, sometimes it's good to be under pressure to get things done, right? So all stress isn't bad. So bad stress is when we allow the outside influences to affect the way that we're thinking. When we look at something, it's all about our perception. You know, for example, my car this week is at the shop. It's at the dealer. And I can look at this like, oh, man, this is such a bad thing. Like, I have to dish out money and what's wrong with it and all this stuff but I switched it around. I turned it around. This is a good example of perception. I turned around and said, well, thank goodness that I caught the problem before I take this car on a road trip next week, which right. is the truth. Right. And thank goodness that I have the opportunity to take it to some place that specializes in this vehicle and they're able to fix it. So it's all about our perception. It's about how we view things. We view the outside world, our situation. Good stress, going back to your question, is really when we have some uh, pressure, I want to refer to it more as pressure, when we are under that okay. pressure, right. you know, think of a diamond, for example, a diamond mm-hmm. is created by intense pressure. So sometimes pressure is good if it's condensed and it's controlled, but we also have to look at it as the, what perception we're looking at it as well.
0: So how do we get to that point? How do you... And what have you seen with people that you've coached? And what, I wanted to talk more about your coaching business here later, but what have you seen in working with professionals to help them reframe these things? How do you help them get to that point where it becomes automatic for them?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that takes time. So really looking at your thinking is is one of the biggest things that we do. And it's about awareness. It's about being very clear of what it is that you are thinking about because your thoughts are controlling your feelings. And how you feel then is what you do afterwards. So your thoughts will create your feelings and your feelings will always dictate some sort of action or inaction.
0: So if we can
1: control the thinking, meaning as soon as you start not to feel good, we always feel the feelings first for whatever reason. It's not like, oh, I'm thinking a thought and now I'm feeling something. That's not how we operate as humans. We'll feel something in our body first, whether it's You know, we feel our chest tightening or our throat is starting to feel like tight and closed. And that means because you're not able to use your voice or you're, you're so angry, you want to say something, but you feel like you can't. So wherever you feel this in your body, it's good to pay attention to what that feeling is and to identify it. And then we can look at the thinking and say, what am I thinking about? Like, what am I really thinking about in this moment? And is it true? Is it really true what I'm thinking or could there be something else that is true? And so part of the process, I have a method called the SABER method. And the SABER is stop, acknowledge, breathe, embrace and redirect. And it's a way, it's an acronym for someone to walk through when they are dealing with a lot of stress, a lot of overwhelm, or they're dealing with cognitive dissonance in their mind or incongruent thoughts that are competing with each other. If you say the word stop out loud, It literally cuts off your thinking and to give you enough space and just a moment to pause, to reflect on what it is that you are thinking about and how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And the A in Saber is to acknowledge it, to acknowledge what you're thinking, to acknowledge what you're feeling. Give it a name. Give your feeling a name. It holds no power when you do. And if you're looking at your thinking, asking yourself those questions, is what I'm thinking really true? Or is it a narrative and a story that I've created in my mind? You know, I'll give you a quick example of this. You know, you're driving in traffic, some guy cuts you off and you immediately want to go into road rage. If you're, you know, I'm guilty of that, by the way. I'm (laughs) I'm like, everyone should drive like me, right?
0: (laughs) Well, we live close to each other. So watch out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if somebody cuts you off, you might be like your reactionary might be to like get really angry or flip him off or do something. But if you say stop and you notice what you're thinking, am I really upset with this guy because he just cut me off or, you know, is he really a jerk or could there be something else that's true? Well, it could be that maybe he just found out his wife was rushed to the emergency room and he's in a hurry. We don't know someone else's story. So we create, our brain doesn't like an open loop. So we try to close the open loop by creating our own story. So this is why it's important to acknowledge what it is you're thinking. And feeling. And the B and Saber is to breathe. We want to calm our nervous system down by taking some deep, controlled breaths. The E and Saber is to embrace where you are, know that you're human. We're going to do this. This is how our brains work. And the R is to redirect, to reframe, and refocus on something that's going to serve you. And we could do that by moving into gratitude. So that's the Saber great. is something. Yeah, I love the I, Saber.
0: I think that's great. And so, how do we get to the point where we know to do this? Have you seen that professionals? as soon as they have this awareness that they're starting to spin a little bit emotionally, do you think it's easy for them to come to this point to where they can just, what would you call it? Just mentally managing those thoughts. Is that what you'd call it?
1: Yeah, it is. It's very much of a practice because our brains are so used to being on autopilot. You know, our brains were were really designed to survive, not necessarily thrive. So mm-hmm. we have like shortcuts in our brain. If you think about a computer and shortcuts, we have the same familiar patterns. We're habitualized in our thinking. So if we can be really cognizant of our thinking and the way that we are doing something, and we see the patterns that we've created, and we're able to stop those patterns and create new ones. You know, it's it's somebody who's very reactionary all the time. This is something I really work with them on because once they start to see the patterns and how they're showing up for themselves, for their spouse, for their work, for their career, they can really start to get a handle on it and start to make some changes. But Scott, this really begins with the morning. This begins with pouring into themselves. We got to start changing the basics. And the basics is what you do on a daily basis does set you up for success for the entire day. It it reshapes and reframes your entire day.
0: I want to come into that a little bit more with you on this. And one thing I'll tell you, when I work with partners and they're looking at different firms, I remember this one partner said, I don't want to make an emotional decision on this. And I realized that I said, your thinking is flawed. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you will make an emotional decision because a career change is based on emotion. You want to make a safe emotional decision. So, And that's why I coach them. I say, get a journal and journal all the variables. I'll say, when you're looking at three different options, do a pros and cons on each one and give each variable on a scale of one to 10, 10 meaning it's most valuable, give them a number and then add them up. And then you can look at, numerically, which one is the best bet, but then you might not choose that one. It might be the one that you feel safest with. And we just can't get away from this. I think that a lot of professionals, they're afraid to admit that they have emotions, that they are making emotional decisions, but we can't get away with that. And the way I like your model on this, Carrie, is that you're acknowledging that we are emotional beings. We will have them. We just need to learn how to manage those effectively. And I like that structure that you give. I think that's very helpful. You mentioned the cognitive dissonance and competing thoughts. What are some examples that you've seen people where they have this cognitive dissonance and it starts spinning them into an area that just might not be the best place for them to be in?
1: Yeah. Well, for sure with coping, our coping strategies and our coping aids, for example, I was somebody who drank quite a bit years ago. I no longer drink alcohol, but when I was drinking, it was one of those things that that's what helped me deal with my crappy day at work or my stress and the overwhelm that I was dealing with. And a lot of people use alcohol in that way, or, you know, they smoke a little weed at night or they're watching porn or they're emotionally eating. They're doing something to cope with that. So cognitive dissonance, and really having those competing thoughts is, for example, if you know that the alcohol isn't really benefiting you, I mean, most of us know that there is no amount of alcohol that's considered healthy. So if you know this and you're tired of waking up with the hangover and so forth, but yet that pull, that desire to just drink and escape from the day is there, your brain might be saying, Hey, you know, this isn't going to be good for you, but your desire. And of course that, that your brain is saying, Hey, but that dopamine, you know, it's calling you, it's calling you, it wants you. So that's almost like the angel and the devil on either shoulder. And they're, they're competing with each other, you know, go ahead. No, you should and go ahead and do it. It'll be okay. It's just one or two, you know? So it's back and forth. That's, that's really what cognitive dissonance is.
0: I see. And so what are some other healthy coping strategies? And I like what you said, coping strategies, coping aids. What are some other healthy things that you would suggest a professional look at instead of some of the things that you mentioned earlier?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things. One of them is, you know, AA has a great, I attended AA for Mm -hmm. a couple of months. It wasn't a great fit for me. I ended up leaving the program because I didn't see myself as an alcoholic, but a great area drinker. But one of the things that I took away was an acronym called HALT. And it's, uh, hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. So you want to ask yourself, are you any of these four things? And if you are, take care of your needs. If, if angry is one of them, then of course you're going to deal with your emotions. And you can do that by acknowledging what it is, again, using Sabre, acknowledging what you're thinking, acknowledging how you're feeling, asking yourself those questions. And of course, if you're lonely, call someone. If you're hungry, eat. And if you're tired, go to sleep, right? right. So that's the first thing. The other thing is to Wait wait five minutes, wait 10 minutes, give yourself that moment to pause, stop to reflect. And before you act, if you can do that five minutes, 10 minutes, give yourself that pause. It will usually pass. It's a fleeting Mm -hmm. thought that will pass. The other thing of course is to use saber. And then my favorite thing, you know, the thing I love most about the saber method is to be in saber breathe. Breathing and breath work will always move you into a calmer state if you stay with it. I call that moving into an expansive state versus a protective state. When we're in a protective state with our emotions is when we're going to feel the pressure of the world. We're going to feel angry. We're going to feel stressed and you know, maybe upset or sad or you're fearful or all those things. And when we can use breath, it usually will move us into an expansive state pretty quickly.
0: That's great. And I love the quote that you mentioned earlier, we have to slow down in order to speed back up. Yes. So let me kind of ask you this. You've given a lot of uh, really great ideas here, Carrie, in the last 20, 25 minutes or so. If you could synthesize this and summarize it, let's say in three action steps professionals can take to really slow down to speed back up, what would you say those are? And then I want to hear more about your coaching business after this.
1: The first thing is to look at your daily habits for sure. Literally, they are dictating your life. John Maxwell has two great quotes on daily habits, and and it's really about, you know, you could look at your daily habits and, and see your success and truly what's driving your day just by what you're doing day to day. So paying attention to what it is that you are doing is so important. Taking the time throughout your day to get some breath work in, some deep breathing, just... In through the nose and out through the mouth. You do that a couple times every hour. Another thing is looking at your schedule. What can you cut out? what is most important that needs to get done what are those priorities focusing on those one and two top things that need to get done and everything else can either be cut or can wait you know prioritizing what that schedule looks like and there is no such thing as not enough time it's a priority issue so what is the most important thing to you your schedule will dictate that so really looking at your uh, schedule and then of course the patterns The patterns that we have, the way that we think, the way that we feel, don't be afraid to have emotions. We need to have emotions. We're human after all. God made us this way. It's okay for us to be angry at times and to feel sadness or to have fear. And you mentioned something earlier. I want to just circle back for a quick nanosecond about being safe emotionally. Mm -hmm. Emotional safety is one of the biggest things that I talk about because if we feel emotionally safe then we feel whole right and a lot of times we get afraid of that and you know sometimes a lot of people have without knowing little t trauma in their life or big t trauma that has affected them over the years and this is why we end up doing the behavioral things that we do to avoid feeling pain so that emotional safety is really really huge and and don't be afraid to have those emotions like i said you know honor them journal it Punch a pillow if you have to, you know, go outside and yell, get it out before you react to someone and give yourself that moment to pause. I would say those are the most important things. And then lastly, I'll throw in a fourth, focus on intentions versus goals. Intentions are present based. Versus goals are future-based. When we give ourselves too much on our plate, like we have to check every box, and a successful business owner myself, it's very much about every day I have to make my daily intention. What is most important to me today? And those are micro wins. When we're able to have these micro wins over and over again, it provides the momentum that we need to keep us going forward, wait for it. So we can reach those big lofty goals that we set for ourselves. But if we're just looking at the goals, it's too much for our brains to handle sometimes. And it gets frustrating when we don't have a good day or we have an off day.
0: Well, Kerry, you've got some great wisdom. I love that. The micro wins. I love that. What a great concept. I I like the fact that you can take that and double down and get multiple micro wins. And I like the fact on focusing on the intention. This is great. You've given us a lot of great ideas, Kerry. I'm going to put your link in the show notes. I'll put your LinkedIn link there as well. And tell us a little bit about the offerings that you have. What are the things that you offer to our listeners that you think could help them?
1: Yeah, well, I work mostly with uh, businessmen, actually, uh, business owners, uh, high achieving men who are really struggling in some gray area of their life, whether it is, like I said, in their career or it's with their life. I'm an executive lifestyle coach, so I work, I can help them in their business with some issues they might be having and so forth. And uh, how I do that is I work with them one-on-one. I'm also creating a mastermind this year. So that's going to be something really exciting coming up and retreats. I also do retreats. And then I have an online course for those that are wondering, am I drinking too much? I focused early in my my practice a lot on gray area drinking since that was my story and that's one of my main gray areas. So if somebody's interested to know if they have an issue with drinking and they want to know how to move through that, I have a great quiz on one of my websites and then there's an online course that they can take.
0: That's great, Carrie. We'll put both of those links on our show notes. And thank you so much for being a great guest. You've shared a lot of wisdom that I think is going to help our listeners in a very meaningful and personal way. Thank you so much, Carrie.
1: Thanks for having me, Scott.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.